Welcome to Identical Cousins, episode 15. 15. I got nothing. I got nothing. Bring us music. Now you're supposed to hum the song? No, I'm not going to hum the song. Darn, I can't remember. What's up, cousin? Hey, you know, um... Oh, just working. It's yeah. been a hell of a week on the news, of course, outside of the tech sphere. Yes, it is. Today it's is just a, today's, crazy. of course, April nineteenth, and uh, it has been. I was telling my wife this. It's just this is like the, one of the worst weeks I can remember. Obviously, since like you know nine eleven, but yeah, just, sure. it just feels like one of those weeks where it's like Boston, and then all this other stuff, and then the the, the fertilizer plant that got blown up, and then yep. the the, the, now the now the the manhunt is on. I mean, it's just like what a week. Yeah, I just really want bad things to stop happening. Yes, it's, ter- it's a ba- terrible bad week. People. Bad week. Yeah. Next week's bound to be better. Yes, it is. I'm I'm thinking yeah. WWDC tickets next week. You think so? I am. I do think so. Let's so next week is see. the 22nd, and I am thinking next week. You're thinking next week, huh? All I right. Am, That's man. cool. I, I had <gasps> been in the habit of setting my alarm to wake me up at whatever, five in the morning or something, and uh, yeah. I'd been out of the habit recently, um, but I should probably get back in the habit. I don't know. The reason why I feel next week is, so my, if... if you know, usual past is true. It'll be in June, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think Apple's ever given anyone less than a month's notice. It's usually more than a month's notice, right? Right. I mean, I understand what the press conferences, they give like a day notice, but well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the press conference is really bad. But the WWDC has always given a month or more, right? Mm-hmm. So if we assume it's going to be in June, and I also assume it's going to be in early June, not late June, right? Because I don't think it's mm-hmm. ever been that late. It's always usually been in the first half. Sure. Though it's been other months. It's been May or August. Yeah, or okay. Whatever. So if it's May, we're out, right? Because we'd have much yeah. less than a month. Um, mm-hmm. August, sure. Or July, sure. Stuff can change. Mm-hmm. But let's go with June, early June. Then they have to more or less announce it by next week. Otherwise, it's less than a month of advance, right? Yeah, that's true. So sure it could be in the last week of May as well. Uh, or excuse me, um, it could also be in the first week of May as well, you know, the week of the 29th. Mm-hmm. But I'm just feeling like next week. All right. That sounds good. So uh, for this episode, obviously, the title is uh, I Got Nothing, because we didn't really have a topic to talk about, yeah. which is probably just, not, you know, I mean. We're just working, basically. We're, just, we're, we're busy working. So uh, what we want to do on this episode, because obviously we appreciate our listeners listening in, is uh, just maybe come up with some stories about what's going on, uh, maybe some, I don't know, coding tips or uh, business tips or app tips or UI tips, or we'll kind of wing it as we go along, which might be kind of fun. We'll see how it turns out. But uh, since we're busy, maybe you can, uh, without talking about what you're working on, maybe you can, I don't know, tell, tell a little story, something that went wrong and how you fixed it or something that might help our listeners have a little bit of experience tip. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Anything below? Um... Let's see. We're at the we're at the point where we have some people besides ourselves looking at the app. Very small number of people, and uh, it's an excellent reminder that, as they say in war, no no battle plan survives engagement with the enemy. Right. Well, in app design, uh, no app design survives its very first feedback outside the you know, initial core. Right, right. Something is going to change, right? Right. So, uh, and sometimes maybe a bunch of things are going to change. And, and that reminds me that um, 
when I used to do Net Newswire, I had a great beta testing group, and I would give them builds very early on. I, you know, I wouldn't wait for alpha. I'd give them, uh, I'd give them D builds, development builds, pre-alpha even, just to get feedback as early as possible. And that was a great group. There were a hundred and some people, and maybe you know, thirty of them were really active. But um, the feedback that I got from them over the years and was super, super valuable to the app. And it was also probably the most fun part of the development process at the same time. Huh. I really enjoyed, you know, interacting with the people and, you know, talking things over and figuring things out. And, you know, not everybody got their way all the time, of course, because people would have conflicting, you know, conflicting feedback, of course. Yeah. And it was my job to synthesize and figure stuff out. But it was, you know, NetNewsWire wasn't an open source or open to the public development process, but it was at least within that list of people, a very uh, open and transparent process and very collaborative. And I had a whole lot of fun with that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, part of the, I guess one of the biggest challenges of a product manager is taking all the feedback and figuring out what you're going to do with it because we get so much feedback, especially during the beta phase. Same here. We have great testers and you get so much feedback that you could do it all. And some of it's, you know, most of it I'll even say is really good. But mm-hmm. you have to ship and yeah. you have to decide that, you know, things might or might not fall into your game plan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I can totally understand where you're coming from. So in terms of some of the feedback that you've gotten, like you said, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of challenges from what you originally put out there versus how it's going to turn out to be. Oh, well, you know, there there are changes to make, of course. Um, like, you know, something I, I thought would be obvious turns out not to be obvious, you know. And, you know, so you have to you have to refine uh, figure stuff out. It's not like the the app is in any way getting um, you know big giant wholesale changes, but it's getting you know some of the things that uh, I thought would be uh, good as is turn out to need some additional work, okay, which is good. absolutely no surprise. That's you know that's just the way it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Not, nothing wrong with that. That's totally expected. Okay. Um, but of course, then you have to balance that with some of the feedback is person X, hey, they love that color, and then this other person hates that color so you and you know there's always the conflicting parts and some of it is perfectly binary you know and and that's when you realize you know what you're gonna ship and you you literally cannot please everybody no and you never yeah. will and i think the it g- never will the because secret of success is to do what color. you think is you know cool is as right. cool does right mm-hmm. yeah so it's you know always a reminder but when you're when you're in the middle of it when you, well, when you haven't even shipped 1.0 yet, I think, at least I can't help thinking, oh, this is going to be the great app that does please everybody. And then, you know, once that first feedback starts to happen, you realize, no, no, it's just like every other app. It's simply impossible to please everybody with every decision. That's right. And, and that's fine. That is that's fine. That is fine. I mean, I'll say it again. Cool is as cool does, right? Yep. Yep. You know, we have a lot of complaints. We've talked about this before about the staples in Fantastic Hell. That's great. Sure. Yeah. You don't like them? The app still works. Sorry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it boils down to that. You got to sometimes make these decisions where you're just not going to make everyone happy, but you got to make yourself happy, right? Because you yeah, got to exactly. keep being inspired to make the app and support the app. You got to build the app you're going to build. That's yep. right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's good. Sounds like you're having good progress on your app. Um, yeah, and you know we're getting to the fun part. It's you know it's one thing when 
nobody else can see it, but uh, as soon as other people start to be able to see it, that's when it gets interesting. That's the part I, I really enjoy. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good, and it's supposed to be fun, so mm-hmm. rock it Definitely. on, rock it on. Yep. What, um, what else is going on? Let's see. Let's look at a little bit. I know a lot of people don't like the news necessarily, but I think one of the interesting stories that we should talk about a little bit here, obviously you heard about um, the privacy thing with Siri clips stored by Apple. Did you hear about this? No, no. no yeah, I Wired didn't. was reporting that the ACLU of all organizations was mm-hmm. raising questions about Apple's privacy policies regarding Siri. Hmm. Basically that um, they store the clips that you record on Siri for up to two years. They store on their servers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because so, it goes up. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> whatever, yeah, whenever you basically say something, Apple gets it, right? And then they generate mm-hmm. random numbers to represent the user, and then that associates the voice files with that number. Okay. It says the number, not your Apple ID or email address, represents you as far as this system is concerned. Once mm-hmm. the recording's six months old, Apple disassociates the user number from the clip. They even delete the number from the voice file, but it will keep the files for up to 18 months for testing and product improvement. Okay. Now... I don't know. I think that's pretty reasonable. It's anonymized. Don't. It's anonymized. It's a limited right. time. It's meant to improve the service. And, you know, Siri is an opt-in thing, right? It tells you it's going to do that, I think. Yeah, and you you don't have to use Siri. Um, yeah, what the hell? I, I don't know. I, given the given the technical issues that it has to go to the to their server in order to work, then they have to have some kind of anonymizing policy, and they have to have some kind of uh, length of storage and you could quibble about what those numbers are, but I don't know how you could change the system. Yeah. Same here. I think, um, I think what it boils down to is, is it's a non problem. Yeah. I don't know. I should read more about it, but I'm inclined to think, eh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. I, I do wish the ACLU would, um, would spend more of its time on governments than on corporations sometimes. Oh, yeah. But on the other hand, eh, maybe I should take that back. They should spend their time wisely. Exactly. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Well, spend their time wisely and also spend their time on things that matter. Because, okay, Apple won't record Siri stuff anymore. What happens? Nothing, right? Like, okay, now Siri is is not as good of a service for the 98% of people who don't care about this stuff. And is Apple really doing anything bad with it? Okay, well, that's, that's maybe the real question here. Apple has all this stuff. What's Apple's policy with this stuff? Right, sure. I think what, what happens here is once a hole is found, like, ooh, they're collecting this, mm-hmm. red alerts go off, right? And it's like... Sure, that's, as they should. Yeah, but the, the, again, they have to spend your time wisely. You can't spend your time at every red alert going off or you'd be spending all your time on everything, right? So right, sure. you got to kind of keep it focused to where where the problems are. I mean, not to say that Apple's some model citizen, but Apple's not usually a pretty evil company. Right, that's, yeah, I don't generally worry about Apple in that way. Yeah, and I think especially with how big Apple is now, someone would be going after them to find out that they're being evil. I mean, there's, you know, there's pretty much a witch hunt on for Apple. Everyone always wants to knock Apple down. Yeah, totally. So anyway, I just, it was, that was a story that I thought was somewhat interesting. Um, so let's see. Uh, what else is... You know, it's interesting, though. If, yeah. if, if it was Google, I'd probably be up in arms. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, maybe not up in arms, but I'd be like, yeah. Well... 
Yeah, because I wouldn't trust Google very much with it. I would I would suspect that they would be using that data to, I don't know, find better ways to advertise to me or, or something that I don't like. Yeah. So, so should the ACLU take that into consideration when it looks at things like that? Should it say, well, Apple doesn't run ads the way Google does or... I don't know if it should. Maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, I think the biggest thing is, they, again, you have to consider, well, what could go wrong? In other words, okay, so Apple has these voice clips. Mm-hmm. Granted, these voice clips can have some very personal thing, right? Sure, yeah. You know, lunch with Brent tomorrow at some restaurant or whatever, mm-hmm. right? For right. famous people or, 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 I mean, that's the whole thing. I don't even know what it would be. Let's say political people, whatever, government people, yeah. confidential don't, stuff. Uh, don't forget to buy pressure cookers tomorrow. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, yeah, but I mean, these things that, that, that are there. So then what would Apple do with them? I mean, are they listening to these clips or are they just analyzing these clips? Because that's a different thing, right? If it's just some system analyzing them, well, what's it going to do with them? Mm-hmm. I think what worries me the most is just uh, other entities getting a hold of the clips more than what Apple would do with them. Yeah. Well, all right. Here's, it, here's a really good example. So, for Because fans, Apple ha- really has no interest in doing anything but making Siri great. And we yeah. know that about Apple. Yeah, for sure. Like, here's a good story with Fantastical. During our beta tests and alpha tests, I mean, we still do this. We collect the user's input. This is mm-hmm. only, making this crystal clear, this is only for people who are doing testing of beta and alpha, not release. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, because we want to la- make the parsing engine better, right? So we collect what you type in during beta alpha, and there's a flag button that if something goes wrong, you flag it, and then you describe what went wrong. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we're collecting everything is because, and just so you know, during the beta also, it's an opt-in process, so you have to actually opt in. <clears throat> but the point is we keep it on our secure server and it's anonymized. We don't know who it is and we use it to make the engine better. Right. Well, right. we had in the beginning thought about how do we bring this to the release version? Cause could you imagine all the people entering things mm-hmm. that's going to make the engine that much better. Right. But once we hit the privacy block, we were like, Oh, well, how do we ensure privacy and where do we do with this stuff and where do we keep it? And what if someone is entering stuff? And what if someone was, what if someone par- flagged something and we saw by pressure cookers or something? Like, would we have to report it? And since we said it's anonymous and confidential, you know what I mean? Like, and we went down this whole entire road of, wow, the implications of that are really heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can't do something like that because A, we're not evil. Because if we were, we would just do it and be like, all right, whatever, right? We deal with right. it. Right. Yeah. But we didn't have a good way. Now, we are still discussing and coming up with ways that we can do this because we think it's an ultimate better experience for users if we can collect this data. And we know from our support emails, users want to commit and collect uh, us to collect this data. Hey, how can I help? Hey, I found a bot, right? <laughs> so we have this situation where people want this stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, we just have to come up with a really responsible way of doing it. Right, that's the that's the tricky part. Yeah. So, you know, for now it's on hold. And uh, we don't get a ton of complaints. I mean, one of the things about Fantastical, which is I think why it's been so well received, is it just works. Mm-hmm. The parsing engine is really solid. Does everything work? Absolutely not. It's never going to be 100%. But, you know, it's it's good. It's, re- it's really good. Mm-hmm. Now, can it get even better if we did user feedback and flagging in the real world? Absolutely, because we would know what type of sentences people are trying that aren't working. Right. And it would only improve it that much more because I assume if it doesn't work, someone tries a different sentence and they go, okay, it works now. Mm -hmm. So it's slight frustration, right? Because people aren't complaining. Mm 
Right. But imagine if we could improve it that much where it was really just always working on the mm, first time. Mm. That would be the ultimate. Sure, yeah. So anyway, just something that I thought was kind of interesting based upon what we were just talking about. Yeah, if you did have that information and or the way Apple has such information, uh, I wonder if they could be subpoenaed and have to give up your records. Yeah, that's another thing too. Our other big thing was our, our, our legal responsibility yeah. once we have this stuff i mean in the private beta test <clears throat> excuse me i believe i mean you know we're collecting this stuff but as i said it's anonymized i have no clue like okay for example i'll just tell you right now because i have i have access to the database i'm looking at it you know someone entered an event that just says like uh julie julie Katz, friday 5 p.m right Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously now I have a name Julie's, but I don't know, I, I, I don't have any testers named Julie because I know all my testers, believe it or not, or at least I think I know most of my testers. But my point is, that's all it says. It shows that and it lets us look at the raw string and it lets us figure out what they deleted because sometimes, you know, if you type in a word and you delete it, you want to know what they were deleting, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically a keystroke logger, if you will, for the field of Fantastical beta as you're testing. And again, you have mm-hmm. to opt in, you have to specifically say like, or, you know, I want to do this. <clears throat> so did you did you just use the real name of Julie Katz or is that a name you no, made? No, no, I'm sorry. So Julie with the first name, well, no, it's the real name is Julie, and then Katz C A T S. So someone made an event that Julie Katz. I mean, okay, uh-huh, right, yeah, you know, whatever. It's anonymous, right? Right, sure. But somebody listening might be your tester who knows Julie Katz. No, or no, is no, doing something no. with cats on Ju- with Julie. It, that's the thing. It's, I'm yeah. talking about real cats, not K A T Z. Oh, okay. So the only thing I gave away was the name Julie. But Julie, yeah. I, somebody I don't. I don't. I don't feel bad now. about it. So whatever. Yeah, uh, it's a nightmare now. Now, now I've now I've broken the. Uh, we'll keep your info anonymous. <laughs> I have a feeling that whoever this I hope is, those with cats Ju- are okay. Yeah, I hope. I hope Julie's cats are okay. Yeah. Well, it's Ju- apparently it's Julie's cats. Sorry, I, I got that wrong. So it's Ju- Julie has cats. Okay. And they're doing something with the cats on a certain date at 5 p.m. All right. I hope, I didn't, I hope I didn't just, like, ruin someone's life. I, yeah, I wonder. You probably did. <laughs> I probably did. Odds are, yeah. Well, you know I, what? I wonder what they're doing with those cats. I have a lot of experience with this, so I'll figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. So, but anyway, exactly. So the point is that we have a lot of responsibility of keeping this information anonymous. Mm-hmm. And yes, I just gave away Julie, but this is a you know, very specific situation, but that's right. all. But my point is that's all that we have access to. We have access to the sentence they entered and that's it. There's no IP address. There's no uh, identification, not even a UDID, like Apple's assigning a number. That's what, that's the one thing I guess I don't get. Let's go back to the Siri thing is why does Apple even have to assign a user number to it? Mm-hmm. What does that matter? I wonder if they. It says here they it, it generate might be, the numbers it, to represent the user and right, then associate sure. the voice files with that number. Maybe it's because if they have a whole bunch of problems on one system, they can tell who it was or something. No, that that could be. But there also might be a value to um, to being able to look at a single user's um, uh, stream of I don't know what you call it messages, commands, or something. Yeah, maybe. You know, there may be, there's, I, I would bet there's a good technical reason for that, especially if Siri is supposed to uh, learn based on a single user's mm. habits. Yeah. Which maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know either, but. Um, I, but if it's not, that's probably a good idea for the future. So um, it might be useful there. 
Well, in our case, with our data collection during our alphas and betas, we're not collecting any data. You know, we're just collecting the raw string and it's just to make it better. And we can't, that's the other problem too, is if we have a, if we have something, we can't even contact the user to say, Hey, we need more info. But we intentionally did that. So it's not trackable because it's anonymous data. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, except for when I read them out over the air. (laughs) <laughs> well, great. Now the whole world knows that I'm, I'm going to see Julie about her cats. Let's see if I can read another one without a name. Eh, no, they all, they all, a lot of these have names. Huh. Oh, someone made, it, someone made an event that they were going to NS Conference back in March. So. Oh, okay. That's, that, that, that's already happened and come back. Uh, yeah. Nailed them. Now, yeah. There you go. So someone who went to NS Conference uses our app or helps us test our app. It's a Not real, real surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's that's that that's that um, topic of the Siri thing. Um, so let's see. Let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some development stuff. So in terms of you, like you're working on this new app or whatever, but anything come up recently in terms of I don't know anything open source or libraries that you can share a little tip with our listeners? I I don't like other people's libraries. The only one I, I use and I use it consistently is is Gus Mueller's FMDB. Which is a SQLite wrapper. Yes. And I use that because I don't use goddamn core data. And now you need to explicit this show, too. <laughs> really? For goddamn? I would say, yeah. Ah, Jesus Christ. No, fuck. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. Damn it. God fucking damn fuck. it. Fuck. All right, I'm making a note. All right, FMDB. Let's go back to that. So, yeah, FM, for those who don't know, is explicit. flying meat. And, um,. That is, it's a wrapper for SQLite 3, you said, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so um, it's open source, written by Gus Mueller for Flying mm-hmm. Meat. And uh, yeah, it's very, very well maintained as well. Yeah, and it's thin, simple, works great. Works the way you'd expect it to work, I think. Good scalability. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's very little between your code and SQLite uh, yeah. when you use FMDB. Just the right amount. So uh, that's really the one thing that I use over and over again in every single project and have done so for years. So basically, it allows you to connect it uh, in, in Objective-C, if you will? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, check it out. It's, uh, I guess, we'll put, a, we'll put a URL in the show notes to it. Yep. That's good. So, um, any other any other open source that you're using or like? No, I don't really trust other people's code. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I find that every time I I, I do look at something, I, I find reasons to hate it, right. and and then and then yeah, I'm just not going to use it. Right. Um, and so you another you have thing a big, to you consider: have a big not invented here syndrome going on, or not really. Well, I have I have a big quality syndrome going on, and it's sure. just hard to find stuff that I think, oh, that's good enough for my use, and and so so I don't. But there, there, the other issue, and I think this is more important, is that if it's doing something that I don't know how to do, then I've got code in my app that I don't understand. Right. Your and point is you want to actually write the hell it to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I want to yeah. I want to learn it and 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 do it well myself. That makes sense. I mean, sure. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of code out there that you can save a lot. So there's two arguments here, right? So one is, if you have a library, whether you know how it works or not, it still saves you time. So plug it in, and hopefully it works, right? 
Mm-hmm. And that helps you make faster, better apps, hopefully, right? Right, sure. The other argument is is that, well, if you write it yourself, then you know what's going on, and you can even make it better. Mm-hmm. And both of those are valid. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, I can, I can debug and understand the bugs in my own code a lot better than in somebody else's. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, okay. you're... <clears throat> there are different developers that have different work style. And I think for you, especially the way you like to do things is you want to have a true understanding of it. Absolutely. And that's yeah. important to you. And that's, that's, I understand why it's important. It'd be important to me too, if I were coding. Mm-hmm. But, um, on the other hand, you know, if you, let's say you've even, you've even, you even know something like this, but you just haven't written it before. Right. Cause you know how it works, but you just haven't written it. Mm-hmm. It could be like a shortcut recording library or something like that. Sure. For example, in Fantastic Cal, we use a shortcut recorder. This is a perfect example. We use a shortcut recorder library. Mm-hmm. And it's so you can do a hotkey, right? You, right. You know, so why reinvent that wheel? Why write that thing? It works. It's out there. It's really good. It's been in a ton of apps, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's certain things that you can pick and choose where you're just like, well, why would I write this? It already exists. That, that's absolutely a, a Sparkle's good a good example of that as well, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to do an app mm-hmm. updating, why wouldn't you use that, right? Right. And, and I have used Sparkle and... Uh, with my Mac apps, I've ten, tended to use more open source libraries. All right, another important on one. On iOS. Another yeah. important one, ICU, you know, the Unicode thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's another one that we leverage, and that's, that's for localization. Sure. And Unicode support. Again, why would you take all that time to write that when it's well known that ICU is really good? Right, sure. So there, there, there are cases. But yeah, no, for you, especially like the type of stuff you do, I can understand. You want to mm-hmm. write it yourself. You want to understand what it does, and you want to have the control over it. Right. Let's face it, you're a control freak. I mean, let's just face it. Of course. But I think with software, if you're not a control freak, you're making a mistake. Absolutely. And if you're not a control freak, I think that means you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I think part of the control freakness comes from the fact that you know exactly what you want the way you want it, and it's going to be your fingerprint on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm accountable when things go wrong. Oh, yeah. And you get the fame and glory when they go right. That's not a bad thing. No, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. So uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, so actually, I think it's time for our sponsor. Well, our sponsor this week is Microsoft Windows Azure Mobile Services. Get out of here. It is. I don't believe it. They've never sponsored our show before. I know. Can you believe? <laughs> well, to my great surprise, they have a wonderful back-end service for iOS developers. What's it called? It's called Mobile Services. Is this Azure? It's Azure. Azure not Mobile? A, not Azure or anything like no, that. Azure it's Mobile Azure. Services, right? Azure Mobile Services. Azure means like the color of a blue sky, by Interesting, the interesting, mm-hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard of this so, before. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. Uh, I checked it out. I saw a video. There was this guy doing a video on how to like learn the mobile services. Well, if you're like me, you never, ever, ever watch videos. So you can, you can just skip that. This guy was was pretty interesting, actually. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch it myself. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) Oh, I watched, I watched the first minute of the opening one. Actually, you can check out these videos on uh, windowsazure.com slash iOS. That's right. And, and, and Very dapper-looking mm-hmm. gentlemen giving the presentations. Yeah. So it's good stuff, you know? Set up, set up your services and don't worry about, you know, the server. Don't worry about buying a machine or a virtual machine. Um, just do it the easy way, really. Mobile services. So yeah. sweet. And uh, it's really turnkey. Um, 
I mean, it was interesting because when they sponsored us the first time, of course, you know, I did a look up to it. And it really seems to be the type of tools that are super turnkey, like going back to the whole, whether it's open, obviously these are not open source, but these are the kind of libraries that you wouldn't want to reinvent the wheel, that you would want to have them do the heavy lifting. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to clarify on that, because these are, these are really important things there. It's a cloud platform, basically. And everyone knows how hard it is to get the cloud right. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and if you've been a Cocoa developer all this time, you may not have a ton of server experience. So um, you can get something really awesome running without uh, having to take a whole bunch of time off and learn how to run servers and you know right. learn Ruby or whatever else. You know. So yeah, definitely. Windows Azure Mobile Services. It's windowsazure.com slash iOS. And we thank them again for sponsoring Identical Cousins. Thanks, guys. All right, so check this out. Remember we talked last week or the week before? I think it was the week before about Sumly. Sumly, yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, Something, something, Sumly. Sumly, Sumly, Sumly. Um, all right, so basically someone named Brian Grinter on Twitter from Australia. Grinter. Yes, uh, Grinter. Grinter. That's like a guy who grins and grunts at the same time. Uh Yeah. Let's see. Uh, no, Grinter. Maybe he grins, grunts, and grins. Okay. You know? All right. It's well, anyway, absolutely possible. It's very from, possible. He's from down under, you say. He's it, from down anything under. Anything could be possible. This yeah. is true. He has an excellent photo on Twitter of him with a chopper in the back. So I wonder if he's a helicopter pilot. But anyway, this guy was very My kind. Very kind to uh, catch up. He basically caught up on episode 13. So actually, it was two. Wait, wait, this is episode 15, right? 15. Yeah, 15, so two episodes 15. ago, we talked about Sumley. Mm-hmm. Well, We'll link to this in the show notes, but basically Business Insider gave the real reason why Yahoo acquired Sumly. And I read that and I don't think I totally understood it. Yeah, I, I, what I took away from it was that basically, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to try to do this easily because it is pretty confusing. Sumly, of course, was started by this guy, Nick Aloiso, whatever his name, D'Aloiso. Well, SRI International held equity in Sumly. Why? I don't know. Maybe because it was, you know, doing this summarization stuff. They, they, you know, they got equity, right? They invested. So SRI, that's where Siri comes from, right? Exactly. Mm. Right. So SRI is the, the SRI International is who actually built Siri. So, all right. So they apparently with this equity that SRI had, um, I guess by Yahoo acquiring them, it gives them an in into, into SRI. I mean, again, I, I, I agree. I didn't get this completely, but the short version sort of is that it wasn't about Sumly. It was about the fact that SRI invented into Sumly. And then basically now they have all of the ability to have this development and research and <coughs> link into SRI. Right. So they basically, they, whatever Sumly licensed, Yahoo is now licenses. Exactly. Right. So they have, they have a, avenue into sri yeah but i'm surprised they it just seems like a weird way of going about that yeah i mean and the other thing is who knows maybe this is just conjecture maybe there's this isn't true but it does sound plausible because it's basically like it says here though sumley's own website once had said sri international with the help of sumley built the summarization technology behind sumley um apparently business insider saying that deloiso actually invented the original technology Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. There's probably a lot of different sides, but maybe there is something behind the scenes that Yahoo knew about, and um, 
Yeah. Made it made it made it a little bit more important than what we knew about. In other words, thirty million dollars to get SRI if they're building something like Siri, maybe they're gonna build a search engine or search results that instead of seeing a whole web page you see the summary. Or I don't know. I mean So how is how is Sumley's technology any better or different than the summarization technology that's been built into Mac OS ten for I don't know, a decade or more? Maybe for the fact that there's a user interface that actually exposes it and it looks good. I mean, look, let's be honest. In today's day and age, it's all about the marketing. It's all about the awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody built something that actually looked hot, sexy, and worked. But if this acquisition is really about the underlying technology, then it sounds like they don't really care about well okay fair enough fair enough but 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 Apple's summarization technology is owned by Apple. Yahoo right, kept by sure. Apple, right? Right, but they could, they the, could just use it. It's on. It lives on Macs. <laughs> right, but some, they want to have it. They want to have it. Yeah, right. but they want it to be built into their product. I mean, if you go to Yahoo and it's like, hey, enable this on your Mac, that doesn't work, right? Right. So what they do is they put Macs in the cloud, and their products send whatever, you know, the, those Macs in the cloud do the processing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to skin it, but sure. I, I know. I believe me. I hear what you're saying, but I'm saying I think. It does make more sense if you think about it. They acquired this to have a summarization technology more than the product or Nick Deloiso himself. Right. And, and face 30 million, 30 yeah, million is not that much for, uh, let me put this into perspective. 30 million is not that much for a technology acquisition if that's what it's really for. And the technology mm-hmm. is really a core piece of their business, right? Because sure. developing such a technology, as we know, would take a lot of time and a lot of money. And this obviously is, you know, speed to market, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, just something to point out. Of course, on the other hand, you could get 97% of the way there just by taking the first sentence of every damn web page. <laughs> That's true. That's right. True. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you almost don't even need this. And I have but, to say, but I, have whatever. To say yeah. I don't think, like, seriously, I think all the summarization stuff to me is strange. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like... Summarization, okay, it's like cliff notes, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, hey, here's the whole thing in a couple sentences. It is sort of appealing to me, but the thing is, is, is that what, what everything's going to turn into? Like, shorter is better? And we already have Twitter, right? Yeah, it's that's like, exactly what I was thinking. It's like, it's hard enough to put something into 100 and, what is it? I don't even know, 160, 140 characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not asking for my for the pages I read to be summarized. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody somewhere is, but geez, it's not like stuff is long right now. Yeah. I, that's, well, that's, well, the other thing is I'm I an old person. Feel like I, by them summarizing it, what if I miss a really good story because they summarize something out of it that I wanted to see? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, let me summarize it, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't need you. Right. I don't want you. Mm-hmm. Rawr. Yeah, I want to read the original thing. That's sort of how I feel. So, uh, you know, we could rant about the attention span of youth or something. Yeah. Or society disappearing. Our glass board was kind of quiet this week, by the way. Just FYI, there's nothing from the glass board. Mm -hmm. Just want to point that out now. So, I think, you know, I think the summarization summarization stuff is um, explicit. So I'll just call it bullshit. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, even if Apple came out with this, okay, wait, wait, wait let's, so you said Apple OS X has summarization built in, which it does. Yeah. I've never used it. No. I would never use it. 
Why? Why would you use it? Because I, well, I, I would never use it, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know. I, I see, I'm I, just I, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, like, okay, so let's look at Daring Fireball or The Loop or these blogs that, in essence, summarize blog posts, right? Mm-hmm. One could argue <clears throat> that when you read Daring Fireball or The Loop or whatever, they're summarizing blog posts, right? Hmm. Let's take a quick example. Um Today on Daring Fireball, he mentions uh, a story from Max Stories from Federico Vitici. Um, it says, you know, triage Federico Vitici's new favorite email app for iPhone, right? Okay. Right. So that's the story. And then he takes a quick snippet and he says, Federico Vitici writing at Max Stories. If I find myself wanting to use an app without making an effort to remember I have to use it, then I don't know. Then I know that app has clicked for me. That's triage. Okay, great. This point is, you know, if you... You want to use an app that you don't have to remember to use it, and it's clicked, then it's good, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, Gruber says, hey, here's this email app. Here's the snippet that's important. It's clicked. Makes it a little bit more interesting, right? Then you might go over and read more because now you say, oh, there, that's, that's the important takeaway from this. This is right. an app that I didn't have to make an effort, and it clicked. Mm-hmm. Um, however, however, this, this is absolute human um, summarization, right? It's mm-hmm. almost like how you have a curated app store, right? These are curated blog posts, but also, more importantly, curated summarizations. Right. And that's the difference, right? You go mm-hmm. to Gruber and you know what he's going to post. You go to The Loop and you know what Jim Dalrymple's going to post, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You go to Max Stories, you know what they're going to post. Right. But when you have this tool that's going to just arbitrarily pick out sentences, and I realize, you know, hey, I have an app that does natural language parsing, so I realize how machine learning can do a great job, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It's never going to be, I mean, never say never, but I don't think it's going to be in a place where it's going to be what Gruber and Vitici and and Dalrymple do, because they are using their own logic and their own style and their own culture and their own this and that, right? to pick stuff out and then make specific comments about it. Mm-hmm. That's why their blogs are successful, right? Because you, yeah. in essence, go to the blogs for the personalities of the blog. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's be honest. Here we are in 2013 with a lot of machine learning, a lot of robotics, a lot of in- artificial intelligence, not a lot of personality going on in the uh, technology space. Would you agree? No, no, I would totally agree. I mean, that's when an app really does surprise and delight is when you build in a little bit of personality, right? Fantastical mm-hmm. has like a whimsy personality. I mean, there's not a true personality, but when you use Fantastical, it does seem friendly, right? Sure. We've had sure. a lot of people say it seems friendly. I mean, that's the personality we built in. We built in a slight personality as if to say, hey, this is like an assistant, a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't crack jokes at you or anything. Right. But yeah, but and, and of course, Siri is a great example. Right? Yes, exactly. Well, over perfect, the top example, but to yeah. over the top, and even mm-hmm. then, I mean, the personality—you actually laugh at it because the personality is ridiculous. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not you, it's me. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's no personality there at all, so that's why it's funny. Uh-huh. It's yeah. funny because of the yeah. lack of personality. Right. So they gave it a personality of no personality. But yeah, exactly. Point well taken. So. Anyway, to go to the summarization thing, yeah, I could just never see myself using it because all it would basically be doing is taking a shitload of sentences, distilling them into one or two, and then like, hey, here's the article summarized. Well, I think part of the point of the summarization is that, yeah, then you wouldn't have to read the full article. Now, contrast that with the looper daring fireball. I mean, you might look at those blog entries as, as summaries, and they often kind of are. But they're driving people to read the entire ding, article. Ding, 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 ding. They're, they're, those, those summaries are a teaser. Mm-hmm. They're, they're almost like an appetizer to whet your appetite. 
Yeah. Right. To get you where, where this yeah. summary is supposed to be like, hey, don't you don't have to read the whole thing here. It is in two sentences. Exactly. You know, too long. Didn't read. Right. Yeah. I don't want that. I mean, think about it. Let's say tomorrow you and I made an app and it was called TLDR semicolon, right? Or TL semicolon DR. <laughs> it's actually uh-huh. a cute name for an app, right? Sure. Now someone's going to steal my ideas always, but that's okay. Whatever. We'll I have call a, it Tilder or something. I have a million more. Yeah, Tilder. I have a million Tilder. more. You can steal my ideas. Who's ever listening? But my point is, is like, let's say this app did that and it just basically, I would never, I don't see any, why would you want to not read the article? The whole point of a good article is that it's a good article. Mm-hmm. And if it has to be summarized, then you probably don't want to read it anyway. Yeah. And if it has to be summarized, then you can't figure out what it's about from the title. There's bigger problems. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's a gimmick, if you ask me. So, Michael, do you think it's a gimmick? I think it's a gimmick. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, for ask, thanks for asking me. Yeah, you bet. So, um, let's see what else. All right, so that's that. Um, anything else interesting going on? Uh, oh, I just got back from Japan. I'll, I'll tell you a good story. Okay. So, I uh, actually just went to Japan, believe it or not, um, with my team from Hockey App. Ah, those cats. We use yeah. hockey. Yeah, I know. You're, you're mm-hmm. telling me about that. How's mm-hmm. your experience been? Uh, great. Seems to work. I All like right. that. That's good. Yeah. And it better work. I have to do that. If it doesn't um, work, I would like you to yell at me. I have to do that. There's something about integrated crash reporting and in-app updates. I haven't dealt with the SDK bit Oh, yet, dude. It's, so. it's, that, this is that is easy? Is it going to be yeah. easy? Because I'm doing that today. It is incredibly easy, and it's the uh-huh. whole reason why I joined the team. Okay. Um, the, the product is what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to integrate. It's really easy to get your data. It's really solid data, and it really helps you make better apps. And at the end of the day, if you make better apps, you have better sales, right? Yep, absolutely. And your customers are happier, and you have less work. But yeah, the in-app updating, it's exactly, you, a couple lines of code, and you push an update, and when you launch, when your beta testers launch the app the next time, it's like, hey, an update's available. It's literally like Sparkle for iPhone. Cool. Yeah. And the crash reports are symbolicated and you just get everything and I love uh, symbolicated crash reports. It is done yes. server side. You get everything. Methods, class names, grouping of crash reports, line numbers. It's that is awesomely cool. Yeah, you're gonna I, I, I would love to hear you glow about it when you've added it. Okay. And uh, as I said, if anything goes wrong or or breaks, yell at me because we care. All right. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we went to Tokyo and um what was interesting about Tokyo, I've been going to Tokyo for a long time. I actually speak Japanese. I'm a big Japanophile. I am hmm. a self, self-declared Japanophile. I love Japan. Why? And, uh, why? We, how many, how much, <laughs> Never mind. How Go much ahead. is left on this podcast? Go ahead. Tell the story. I'm trying to stretch for time, not like in, extended to two days. <laughs> I love Japan. Maybe it's for another episode, but I do. I love Japan. And... Um, what was very nice was uh, someone that I know invited us to speak at, uh, they did an iOS meetup in Tokyo. And um, I did a presentation about usually what I do with app success, how to make good apps. And I also do, uh, we also the hockey app, we did a presentation with hockey app while we were there. And what was really interesting and a story that I'd like to share that I think you'll find interesting and I hope our listeners find interesting is uh, in the audience when I was giving my app success uh, talk, it was a gentleman who basically had said that um, he had an idea for an app and everyone kept kind of telling him it was stupid or putting him down. And he's really, um, he's, he really likes this app. He has a lot of passion. Because in my talk, I always talk about follow your passion, right? I mean, you don't want to make something that everyone says sucks because then it'll probably not do well or there's no market for it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be realistic. But the point is, if you're that passionate about something and you think it's a good idea, then you have to do it because... 
Just because everyone says yes or no doesn't mean everyone's right, right? You don't follow the herd. You Mm -hmm. lead the herd, I would hope. Yeah. So anyway, after my talk, he had, he had, he kept, he, during Q and A asked a couple of questions, but finally he said, okay, I'm going to make the app. He goes, you encouraged me to make the app. And I'm like, awesome. Like to me, it was so great that this person had had all these doubts and was kind of kicked down or had other people laughing at him, whatever, whatever, right? What have you. But after hearing my talk, he was like, yeah, I believe in it. I'm going to do it. Cool. Yeah. That's good deal. That's, that's the way it ought to be. That's, I was beaming, dude. It was awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's just a little story I just wanted to share. But I think what was did, kinda, did he actually tell you what his app idea? No, is? and I kind of wanted to ping him and say tell me about it. But if it was really bad, then like yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be. Now, resp- now I don't want to be responsible for him I, going I, I, bankrupt. I and this guy's gonna end up being homeless and uh-huh, uh, yeah, kicked out on the streets and uh-huh. and, and have his wife divorce him and. All because he listened to Michael Simmons. Oh, because day. I told him to follow his dreams. Oh, gee, Jesus Christ. Well, or he's going to become huge and, you know, ship me a Ferrari as a present. Well, that would be nice. I'd like that out. I think it's better. the least he could do, right? Yeah, seriously. I mean, come on. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a really cool story because I speak at conferences and obviously, you know, everything I do, I always try to help people out in the community because people help me out and that's how our community works. You try to do the right thing. You try to pay it forward. That's mm-hmm. at least how I do it. Yeah, everyone everyone does it. Yeah, oh, and just about. Yeah, I think so. I think ninety nine out of a hundred people do it. Yeah, and for every hundred people, I'm saying, I'm saying we only have a hundred. Like ninety nine percent. Yeah, ninety nine percent. Thank like you. Like ninety nine cents on the dollar. Okay, that'll work for me. All right, you programmers always thinking so technical. I like <laughs> ninety nine out of a hundred people, so I can actually visualize a hundred people with my simple mind. Uh. All right, so the point is, like, when I when I do my talks at conferences or whatever, like, I was invited to this group to talk. Sure, I want to talk, but I don't want to talk just to hear myself speak, right? I could just like sit in the hotel or walk around Japan and have fun, right? I really want to share my knowledge, experience, and hopefully inspiration. So, you know, when you have someone come up to you and he's like, oh, yeah, I've been so down on this, and then he's going to do his app, that was like, it was like a huge payday for me. Yeah, that's great. That's why I, I love do it. it. Yeah. I love it. So, um, so yeah, so that's my, that's my fun story. Uh, Tokyo was awesome, of course. You've never been. I have not, no. You've got to go. You've got to okay. go once in your life. You will love it. It is as crazy, wild, different, beautiful, inspirational, uh, wacky, bizarre, awe-inspiring, uh, design-inspiring, thought-inspiring. I, it's just, it's everything you could imagine. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love it. I have nightmares sometimes about being uh, in an Asian city. Like lost uh, in an un, Asian un, city. Yeah, like unspecified Asian city. Mm. And what scares me in the nightmares is, is, um, is the um, is the signs. I can't read anything, and it's because it's not even like alphabet that I'm used to. All right. Like so- I, you know, I I could be say lost in uh, Italy, and now I don't know Italian, but you know I'd at least recognize the letters. So the anxiety in the dream comes from. I'm so far out of my element that they don't even have letters. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. And and I think it comes from like almost the very defining part of my personality is that I love to read. So me and letters and words, sentences are very, 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 very close. Okay, and but like to have like- them taken away 
is like is very frightening. But if you go to Germany, even though you can read the letters, right? You you can't or Italy, whatever, right? You mm-hmm. can't you can't still read, right? You can you can read, you can make out words and you can say stuff, but you don't know what it means. Right, but at least I can say, oh, that's a letter E, that's a letter X. At least it's familiarity f- exa- familiarity to you. Right. And you know, I'll probably recognize a few words and and then I know I could at least, you know, learn it and you know, I have a basis for 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 learning it, I'll understand. Speaking it's of which, is it, is it familiarity or familiar familiarity? Oh, that's weird. I just had a brain. F- famil- fam- familiarity. 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 Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's a weird word, right? Yeah. Like a familiarity. So that's not to say I would never go to Tokyo. I'd love to go. But that I also have nightmares about um, being trapped in a place with no letters. Yeah. I can, I can, I could. So what's funny is I told you, I learned Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I learned Japanese is when I went to Japan the first time, first couple times, I, I, I was like, I want to learn Japanese. Like just the same reason, sort of like, I can't read anything. I have to learn it. Right. But I really wanted to learn it because it seemed so challenging. It seemed like one of those things, like I'm going to challenge myself. Like some people challenge themselves to do a marathon or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. this was something that seemed like that kind of level. I mean, obviously it's a lot of brain level and studying, but um, I'm like, I, I'm going to do this. And I, this is when I was working at Apple of all places. Mm-hmm. I went to night school in Cupertino at De Anza college and I learned Japanese. Oh, cool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, I just, I just did it. And what was crazy was I'm not saying it was easy for me, but it wasn't as challenging as I thought. But I think mm-hmm. looking back, it's because I really wanted to do it. Like this is so the proof where they say, you know, you could do anything if you set your mind to it. It's all about how much you want to do something when something's really difficult Probably means you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. The things I've learned in life that are the easiest are the things you want to do. Oh, What's sure, frustrating yeah. is the amount of time it may take or having to do it, right? Like, oh, you know, you, instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. But the things that you want to do, the complexity or at least the perceived complexity drops because you just want to do it, right? You'll go at any cost to make it happen. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know, maybe you can learn an Asian language and then that dream will turn into you reading signs about, you know, I don't know, smoke shops or something. <laughs> There's a lot of tobacco shops in Japan. Well, as there should be, yeah. There are. I mean, it's, you, you, I mean, you would love Japan for that reason. Right? <laughs> no, literally. It's just like Cigarette Central. Uh, it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, let's see. What else? Give me, you, you, you pick one more interesting topic for our listeners and then we'll, we'll give our famous we're out of time because it's almost that we're out of almost time. And we are almost out of time. I got to think there. fast. Um, uh, boy. Any I, funny I, stories that happened this past week? Anything, uh, any funny development stories or things with Apple or I don't know? Um, 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 Should we talk you know, about No, I got nothing. All right, you got nothing. What, you got nothing. What about, um, man, this past week, man? Let's, let's maybe, no, nah, we don't end on a bad note. Let's not do that. Nah. Next well, week's going to be better. Next week will be better. And yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, we may have a special guest on our next show. Oh, really? Wow. I, I, I won't announce know. it yet because in case it doesn't happen. Oh, okay. But it'll probably happen. All right. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. I like, I like special guests. Yeah, so it's a, it's a surprise for you as well. Yeah, it is. I have no idea who it is. No, you don't. I don't even know who it is. Oh, did you heard about this Funny or Die Steve Jobs movie that came out? I, Steve? Yeah, since I don't watch videos, I haven't seen it. But yeah, I haven't watched it either. I, I don't even know yeah. that I'll watch it. But I um, I, I 
I don't get it. Well, I think we'd have to watch it. But like, to okay, make a decision, so right? It, it, it's a movie, a, a full movie, like an hour and a half. Uh huh. Wow. Really? And yeah, and they got like Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. They have that Justin Long guy who played obviously the Mac, which I kind of find ironic in the commercials, playing uh-huh. Steve Jobs, who looks nothing like Steve Jobs. I might. Yeah. Opinion. Right. It doesn't even sound like Steve Jobs. Of course. I sound more like Steve Jobs than he does. Right. I don't even so sound does, like Steve Jobs. Yeah. Right. And then uh, that guy from Lost. Remember uh, Hurley? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, he's playing Steve Wozniak. What? <laughs> I, think I mean, they might as well have cast... That's brilliant, They might as well have yeah. cast you and me in this movie. <laughs> but right? I, it's in a way, it's, that's funny. I, I, I mean, I'd like to I'm play Steve it. Wozniak. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just grow out a full beard and, you know, look yeah, nothing like him. It's yeah, great. You might have to put on a few pounds, too. <laughs> And the funniest part is, I was reading some comments on Mac rumors about it, and someone uh-huh. goes, "This is the worst depiction of Wozniak I've ever seen." <laughs> Clearly meant to be humorous, right? It, well, no, it, really, no. I mean, there's just well, I, I, that's the whole thing. All right, so here's what I don't get about this whole thing. What I don't get is, Funny or Die is obviously a a, a, a parody site. Yeah. And this is not a parody. Well, from what I can tell, it looks like it's a serious movie. It looks like it's trying to be a movie about Steve Jobs that is just not taking itself seriously. Hmm. But is is it funny? I, I didn't watch. I have no clue. All right. Um, someone says I didn't watch the whole thing. I skipped around. It looks pretty bad. How could you sit through eighty minutes of that? Um, when casting, it's like these companies say, "Oh, you look like a fat, hairy tard with glasses." Wozniak, it is perfect. What yeah, sure. I'd like yeah, to I mean, see the casting call go out. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And then yeah. someone says, "I think it's brilliant. Lighten up. It's a story, and, and yeah. I think it's supposed to be good." All right, remember Pirates of Silicon Valley? Oh, sure. Was that movie was great. Movie, yeah. That was yeah. fucking great. Now we we have the explicit tag. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go crazy. That yeah. movie was fun. They did true respect to Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and company. Mm-hmm. Wozniak and everyone, right? Yep. Looked like them, sounded like them. Felt you watched that movie. That was a real movie. That was a great friggin' movie. Yeah, totally loved it. But like this whole thing with this I Steve and what's this other one they're doing with Ashton Kutcher? Uh, oh God, I don't know no, what the hell it's called? Oh, Jobs, it's called. Because yeah. remember, it's going to be I Jobs, Blech. and they changed it to Jobs. That, that, that like what's why Ashton Kutcher as Steve Jobs? Really? You can't see me, but I'm crying. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to have someone, you know, understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, okay, you see the photo of Ashton Kutcher dressed like Steve Jobs with the whole like, um, you know, like the old uh, vest oh, suit I saw picture. It, yeah. mm-hmm. Like he resembles him. I'll give them that, right? Like they got the hair and the beard. I mean, his eyes don't look anything like him at all, right? But right. Sure. At least they're at least they're like making him up to look like him. Yeah. If you see the 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 Justin Long thing, I mean, it just doesn't look like Steve Jobs. Like I said, I might as mm. well play Steve Jobs. But like. <laughs> I, so, someone says we should start a Kickstarter campaign to keep this film from releasing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love trolls. As yeah. much as I hate trolls, I love trolls. Oh, I hate trolls. Yeah, but you love them, right? Because you have to read them. It's like a car wreck. Actually, no, I don't. I never read comments. Oh, come on. I don't. All right, well, all right. I believe you. I mean, what am I going to do? I also don't read App Store reviews. I have a really nice sheltered life. You do. That I've worked really, really hard to, to get. I believe that. Yeah. I believe it. Everyone's nice all the time. Exactly. Well, life, life is wonderful. Yes, it really is. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about it. We're, uh, we're, uh, oh shit, are we out of time? We're out of time, folks. Oh my God. 
But um, hopefully we did all right with uh, an ad hoc episode. We uh, Because of my trip to Tokyo and stuff going on with Brent's development, we kind of didn't do our usual discussion of having a semblance of an episode discussion topic. So uh, we kind of winged it. But hey, I mean, an hour of chatting is not too bad. Yeah, the, yeah, we winged. It's been wong. But I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, uh, our sponsor. Microsoft Windows Azure Mobile Services www.windowsazure.com slash iOS and you can see me I'll tell you all about it I'll be there check out the videos of Brent Simmons dressed up as Steve Jobs no god I bear, I'm dressed up as me he is dressed up as him and, so, um, sorry to disappoint but you know. as always we have our Glassboard uh, you can go to glassboard.com the uh, invite code if you're not part of it is Simmons uh, we'd love to get your questions and for next week, uh, been kind of quiet on the glass board. Give us some questions. If you want to know anything about UI and design or business from me or code from Brent or, I don't know, you're just lonely and afraid. <laughs> <laughs> or lonely and, and, and not afraid. Yeah, even if you're lonely and not afraid, hit us or, up. Or, or afraid and surrounded by, you know, a pack of Cocoa developers. What if you're not afraid and you have a ton of people as well? Uh, yeah, you know what? Just ask, ask us anything. I don't even care. It could be about raccoons. Brent is Brent is basically saying we're anything. begging you to ask us questions. Yeah, just you know anything. We're not beneath begging. No, no, we're Simmonses. That's right. That's right. And on that note, um, I will say <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back hopefully uh, next week or two weeks or what are we doing this every two weeks? So yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks with hopefully a special guest to uh, special you might, guest you might enjoy. Yeah. All right. Woz- goodbye, everyone. Wozniak, right? Yeah, Woz- it's uh, it's uh, what's this guy? What's the guy's name dressed as Wozniak? Um, yeah, uh, I don't even it. know his name. Hurley. Hurley. What's his real name? This guy? Oh, J- Jorge Garcia. Oh, okay. He's not our special guest. No, he's he's definitely not our special guest. Well, that would be pretty cool if we actually like got him. Like, imagine he. I wouldn't. And he was like, I wouldn't even know what to ask him. I would have him on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We just talk. We would just talk. Why not? We can you know see if he's a Mac user. Yeah. What version of OS ten he's running? Mm-hmm. Find out, you know, what version of iPhone he has. Does he like summarization features? Exactly. You know, yeah. what does he think of Fantastical? Mm-hmm. You know. All right. We're out of time. We're out of time. We'll talk Bye. to you next. We'll talk to you in two weeks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Adores a minuet, the ballet roots, and crepe Suzette. Our Patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet! Still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find they laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. You can lose your mind.